1: Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk.
0: In this week's episode, we will be discussing starting with prayer according to God's Word. Yeah, that's right. Come on, come on, come on. We are back live in PNT Podcast Studio with another great lesson for another great week. We're going to be talking about how to start with prayer. That is a great, great topic. Let's look at the world in the biblical meaning of start, the point in time or space at which something has its origin, the beginning. Think about that. When something is created, something, make, something comes into form, something new happens. Let's look at this biblically, John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What better scripture than this to kick off this week's lesson, none other than John 1.1. It could be marked or known as one of the biggest moments in the life of a Christian, with the exception of the birth and death of Jesus Christ. One of the key words used to describe starting is beginning. To fully understand your part and participation in the furtherance of God's kingdom, you must understand the significance of John 1.1. We find three powerful facts. The first one, the Word, whether living or written. And when we talk about the Word in the beginning, we're talking about Jesus Christ, okay? Whether written or Jesus. Was in the very beginning before we were born. Then the Word was with God which means God is present wherever His Word is spoken, read, or uttered. God is always where His Word is. And finally, the Word was God. This means the Word had God-like qualities through and through. That is so powerful, those three facts about the Word. I know what you're saying. This is all good, but what now? What does all that mean? Because it said nothing about prayer. When we are starting something new, we must look back at some of the perfect beginnings in the Bible. Now, the reason why I've read this particular scripture as it relates to prayer was this. In the beginning was the word. To pray is to use God's prayer language, which is his word. God also taught us to pray his word back to him. So knowing what the word is, is very important in the life of prayer. The word doesn't expressly tell us about the start of prayer with the scripture, but it does tell us what and who was in the beginning as it relates to the word, so we would know who and what to pray about. Second Chronicles 7.14 says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'm sure this is an interesting one for you. Despite not having a prayer life does not remove you as one of God's children or people. That's huge. It speaks to the urgency of a prayer life when it comes to God though. God is making quite a plea for prayer in the life of a believer through 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. He outlines the condition of prayer. He is telling us this to ensure our prayers get through and how the land is healed if we do it. We have to do it God's prescribed way. Many of your current prayers are stuck in traffic, waiting for the road to God's ears to be cleared, to be ready for action. I want you to consider this. God is leaving it up to you if you want your prayers to get to God now or later. That's powerful. It's not forgotten and definitely not overlooked. A very big question requiring an adult-like mindset. Who are the people that are called by God's name? Who are the people who are called by God? Anyone who places their faith in God and calls for his mercy is someone who is called by his name. The scripture says that if my people who are called by my name, who are those people? It's anyone who has faith in God. Are you one? Or are you one that lives life without the power of the covering that prayer offers and affords us? Prayer is our chief weapon against Satan. It is God's chosen language that allows us to communicate in real time with him and get real time answers. So we're going to take a short break. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. We're back live in PNT podcast studio after that short break to talk about some practical questions to ask yourself to start with prayer. This is one of those topics that is always talked about that yields little results. As the saying goes, put your words to action, no pun intended, instead of putting your actions in word and not deed. So let's try to change that today. Number one, why should I pray? Prayer gives us untapped power. It unlocks, ignites, heals, transforms, empowers, and calms. We pray because it is how we communicate with God. And while we may feel insecure asking what can feel like an elementary question, even Jesus' disciples had to ask for themselves. Why do we pray? He said, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. That's in Luke 11 and 1. So asking why should I pray is not a bad question. So let's talk about it. Number two, when should I pray? Probably the easiest of all the questions to answer. Our whole life should be a life of prayer. We should talk in constant communication with God. There should be a constant upward looking of the soul to God. We should walk so habitually in his presence that even when we awake in the night, It would be the most natural thing in the world for us to speak to him in thanksgiving and offer our petitions. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Ephesians 6 and 18. Number three, who should I pray to? Not a bad question, but hey, this is also an easy question. But you would be surprised at how many people don't know whom or whom they should pray to. Pray to the Father in the power of the Spirit in the name or authority that is given by Jesus Christ. That is the Bible's Trinitarian prayer structure, all three. We have no access to God without Christ in His name. And so when we pray in His name, we are saying that to the Father. And quite simply, you are to pray to God the Father while not forgetting Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Number four, where should I pray? I don't think God would penalize you for where you pray. He just wants to ensure you're praying. Pray alone. It doesn't matter. Let prayer be the key of the morning and the bolt at night. The best way to fight against sin is to fight on our knees. But to answer the question, pray in your car, in the bed, in private, in God's house, in school, at work. To sum it up, pray wherever the Holy Spirit touches you to. Just do it. Number five, how should I pray? This one can be tough when it should be easy. Prayer is simply talking to God. And the most significant point I want to draw your attention to about this is that God wants you to spend time with him in his presence, talking with him, undistracted. He loves us and he has promised to hear us when we pray. The takeaway is not the how that's important, but the when. The Bible tells us this is the confidence. Pray with confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. First John 5 and 14. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner.
1: Hey, Minister Bennett.
0: What y'all rapping about over here?
1: With Mother's Day approaching, we did something a little different. Of course, I started with Scripture, reading Proverbs 10.1. A wise son and or daughter makes a glad father, but a foolish son and or daughter is the grief of his mother. And I asked them, how can we honor our mother and not bring grief to her? Not just one day of the year, but every day of our lives. How can we honor her? Some of the answers were respect her, obey her, listen to her, do what she asks without complaining. I said, those are great answers. One had a sad look and I asked, did you not like some of the answers? And they said, no, my mom passed away. I said, I was so sorry to hear that. And the others expressed their condolences as well. I went on to say that the definition of a mother is a female parent. I explained that God will send us women who have not birthed us to be our mothers. These mothers, as well as our own, will lead us, guide us, have a shoulder for us to cry on. They will teach us, and most importantly, they will love us unconditionally as if we were their own. So the teen said that they did have someone in their life that, did that and it was very helpful during the time of their loss and how important that mother is to them and they are so thankful. So while the others were thinking about that I told them having your mom here with you is truly a blessing and we should never take that for granted because life can change in an instant. We must do everything within our power to be the best son or daughter we can be never bringing grief to her. Take the time to tell your mom or the mother figure in your life that you love her. Take the time out of your schedule and call or visit her. Show her how much you care. Don't allow your life to get so busy that you put off the contact with your mom. Find time for her. So, to all of the mothers, the soon to be mothers, those God sent mothers from the PT Podcast Studios, we wish you a happy, happy mother's, mother's Day. Day.
0: In summary, the importance of starting with prayer. Prayer is an invitation into fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, expressed in adoration, thanksgiving, and intercession through which we draw near to God and learn more of His will for our lives. He invites us into purpose and power through the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit. I close with this question. Will you personally accept God's open invitation to sit and sup with Him over the matters of your heart? Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, it's Christian Education Ministry in association with Real Time with the Bennets. Or real talk, what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.